You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Pemba and Andrew Cooper. What is going on, everybody? John and Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. Welcome into the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast here. Uh, going into week nine of the NFL season, it was a pretty wild week eight that we came across. Uh, we had a few upsets. Uh, we had a major injury once again impacting rosters here. Derek had likely, I'm pretty sure it's season ending. I know I know that Rabel said there's a chance they hope he's back, but that's probably for the playoffs and not for the fantasy football season. So uh, tough blow there. Old man Adrian Peterson getting another crack at it. Uh, we saw Kyler Murray go down with an ankle injury a Thursday night game. We saw DeAndre Hopkins with the hamstring injury. Then today, recording here on a Wednesday, we have the the things going on with Aaron Rodgers lying about being vaccinated, not lying about being vaccinated. And then, of course, the uh, the unfortunate, tragic news, not necessarily for Henry Ruggs, but the Henry Ruggs incident uh, that happened there. He has now been released and likely facing a, a jail sentence. So the Raiders have to kind of rework their wide receiver group there. So uh, crazy going on in the league right now. How are you feeling about everything? Bro, what an absolute whirlwind fan. Like, I don't even know what to think. Uh, what I've been thinking about is if, if I was an NFL owner or one of these NFL groups, they always wait for Friday to, to let the bad news out. Like, if I had any bad news that I was just sitting on, I would definitely put that out today because it's just it, the whirlwind of crazy news across sports. Even in other things like college basketball, Oklahoma State banned from the the tournament. Like, just it's all over the place. So, yeah, if you right. got anything that you wanted to get off your chest, get it out there now. No one's even going to see it because there's just a ridiculous number of things going on right now. So, But we're here to talk to you guys about it. So let's get to it, right? Definitely here to talk about it. Uh, let's kick it off with the Thursday night football. The Jets upset the Bengals last week, Coop. Maybe you heard. Maybe there yeah. was somebody that might have talked about that. I don't know. It could have been could have been right here. Could have been this podcast. I did hear that, John. Did you, that teams that uh, play three road games in a row, which happens fairly rarely, those teams are very susceptible to lose, which yeah. I believe the Bengals were on their third road game. They I remember were on you their uh, third, yeah. And, so, it, and it's I feel like we some there was a podcast that maybe discussed that possibility. It was us, Coop. We talked yeah. about it. Uh, you deserve that the one. fact that the, the Bengals were on their third road game and you point out they're a young team and and sure enough they went into New York and lost to the Mike White checkdown team there in New York. They are going up against the Indianapolis Colts here this weekend on Thursday night football. Uh the takeaway for me in this matchup is really the running backs with New York with White at quarterback. Both Ty, Ty Johnson and Michael Carter tremendous values in PPR leagues right now. Carter, again, someone that we talked a lot about last week. He was in all of the DFS content that we put out. He's like our featured player in the DFS swamp for alarm after hours, like everything. We were in there. Another like insane workload in the passing game. So the Jets, like that's their offense. The Colts, Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, like they're going to keep on rocking, especially in this matchup against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, Mike White, they, they seem to figure out the formula that works. It's like a... Philip Rivers would have been very proud of, of Mike White last week, the way he was distributing the ball to those running backs. But, I mean, the Bengals couldn't stop it. And I'll be interested to see what it looks like again this week. I know that the, the Colts are big favorites, but, I mean, maybe you can't put Mike White back in the bottle. This game actually has a surprising over-under uh, 45.5, I think it is. So some points will be scored. It won't be your typical boring week. What I'm looking to see is what happens with the Jets wide receivers, right? Because, I mean, we know what the Colts are, right? It's Jonathan Taylor, it's Michael Pittman, and then they have Zach Pascal playing a massive snap share, but not really doing a whole lot. T.Y. Hilton, a threat to to score. The, the tight ends kind of not really getting a full snap share with the Colts. With the, with the Jets, we've basically got four wide receivers. Corey Davis, in we haven't really had a lot of games with all of them playing, but Corey Davis didn't play last week, so we saw a lot of Denzel Mims. Elijah Moore didn't really play a lot. We want to see him. Keelan Cole played a decent amount, but I don't think he's really like a big part of their plans. I would want to see what happens between Jameson, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, and Corey Davis when everyone is healthy. Who are the guys that are out there? Corey Davis should be out there every snap. John, is there anyone else that you are even would even consider relying on or consider nope. stashing? Or yeah, you think nope. it's just going to be pseudo tryouts from here on out? Yeah, you know, I think yeah. I, and I said this last week. The Jets aren't very good. It's time for them to sort of, like you mentioned, try out sort of, this is why I was riding Michael Carter. They're going to lose. And we wanted this for Javante Williams. I thought we were praying for Melvin yeah. Gordon to get traded. It didn't end up happening. But bad teams, when they're they're looking to rebuild or start over, 
They got to look to see what they have for next year's draft, basically. And that's why I was buying in on the Michael Carter thing. The Jets took him in the fourth round. They got to figure out next year they need to draft another running back if they can count on him to fill a role for them. And he's been obviously fantastic in the role that he's had. So, yeah, I think that's what we're going to be seeing here. I think it's going to be tryouts for a lot of these guys. Uh, I think Crowder's safe. I think you're going to see Crowder continue to be a – yeah, focal point, especially when White's the quarterback, because again, he's mm. he's not a guy throwing out throwing down field. He's checking down. He's throwing he's throwing underneath. So that that's that's the Jets and the Colts. Their offense, where they're going with the ball too, which is nice. Ky Hilton went out again with an injury. Pascal went in there and and was the number two receiver. Michael Pittman got all the volume. Was at 15 targets last week, and Jonathan Taylor's going to run. And, and the Jets. Worst run defense in football. They've allowed the most rushing touchdowns. If I'm someone who has Michael Pittman on my team this week. I'm happy for the big game, but I'm also tempering expectations. You know, the Jets had actually allowed the few, I think it was the fewest receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this year because teams just run on them instead. So yeah. this is probably like a monster game for Jonathan Taylor incoming, but obviously you're not going to bench Michael Pittman here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You start those guys. And yeah, that's, that's really, we'll talk about another team that's doing the pseudo tryouts thing. But if you remember the 2019 Dolphins, they did that where they were just like, all right, try Isaiah Ford for an entire game. All right, he's he's bad. We'll trade him. Try Matt Collins for an entire game. Try this guy for an entire game. And it, it leads to inconsistency, unfortunately, is what happens is they basically say, okay, Elijah Moore is going to be with this team for four years no matter what because of where we drafted him, because of the rookie contract. So we might as well see what we have in these other guys and see if they're guys we want to keep. So it's it's going to be a little bit dicey with those wide receivers. Like you said, Corey Davis will probably be on the field every play, but just, yeah, it's hard to trust. But Yeah, it's, anyway. not, it's not the right quarterback either. Maybe when Wilson gets back and they're on leash, I mean, I'm saying this about a quarterback that threw for 400 yards, but I think it was like 23 targets went to the running back. So something, something dumb like that. Um, next matchup here, Denver, Dallas. Is it going to be the Cooper Rush show part two, or are we going to get Dak Prescott uh, in the lineup? You know, you and I, Coop, I mean, you know, maybe apologies to those listening who are on our live stream chat and asking us, what do I do with CD Lamb and Amari Cooper? I think we were mostly telling you to play Lamb, but, but Cooper was, was definitely one that we were going back and forth. And a lot of those questions were like, do I play Shepard? Do I play this guy? And a lot of times we're leaning the other direction because we didn't expect Cooper Rush to go out there and, and look like the best quarterback in Dallas yeah. <laughs> against Minnesota. Uh, he did. They're home. They're 10-point favorites right now. Dak isn't obviously officially ruled out. And they're going up against against a Denver team that just sold off on. They're 4-4, four and four and they're, they're still, like, they're, they have, they're in contention to win their division, right? So, like, they're not going anywhere in terms of selling. They got Jerry Judy back. I think the Miller trade is kind of interesting considering the fact that they're right there uh, in a playoff spot to win their division potentially given the struggles with the Chiefs and everything that's going on there. But Melvin Gordon got the touchdowns last week, so Javante Williams takes a step back. It was good to see Judy out there. I'm sure you have the snaps in front of you for, for what Judy had last week. Noah Fant, though, COVID, tested positive. He is vaccinated. Uh, so I think there's an opportunity for him still to play. He just needs two negative tests, I think, in 48 hours as a vaccinated player. But obviously that is huge for Albert O. If you're playing DFS, if you're playing fantasy and you're in dire need of a tight end, like Albert O to be a guy that you pick up against Sutton Patrick. So, you know, this is an interesting matchup. Dallas defense is pretty good. Trayvon Diggs is amazing. Thoughts here. So for me, I'm really starting just to, on the COVID point. I'm really starting to listen more to the terminology being used, especially now with Aaron Rodgers saying he was immunized, not <laughs> vaccinated. Yeah. His, uh, his Western doctors were bumping his antibodies and he tried to pass it off as if he was vaccinated. Luckily, the league doctors were like, no, you're not. Right. So. Yeah. Now what I now where where it really all does matter beyond that is you you hear what they say, what they're saying about these players and they report it in a certain way. So if they say that he tested positive to me, that's a lot different than he's entered the protocol. Right. Because you can enter the protocol for being within close contact of somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean, so when they say fan tested positive, that to me is a big sign that it's going to be very difficult for him to get two negative tests before the yeah. week if he has it so they'll test him again tomorrow they'll test him again after that but he needs two consecutive tests so yeah the time is definitely running out with this being wednesday as we're recording but it's not impossible now that was why aaron Rodgers was ruled out he just has no chance of coming back because he was not not vaccinated so right so but so when they say that he's they've if they go they've entered protocol then i'm like okay what maybe he, he doesn't even have it he just he has to do the positive test because right. he has contacts or whatever but in this case when you have the positive test that makes it a lot more less likely and for me in this particular matchup, which is a good one for tight ends, the Cowboys are, I think they're the letting up the fifth most points to tight ends this year. I actually kind of do like Albert Akwebunum if Fant isn't hey, congrats. going. 
Congratulations for saying that last name, man. Because I just don't even try. <laughs> when, you're, when you're the tight end guy, man, you gotta you gotta have that one on lock at least. They they they're they're looking for it. They're looking yeah. for you to screw up there. It's yeah, Alberto. So you're playing the hits. Alberto is the way to go on that. Yeah, but with Dallas, I think with Cooper Rush, what we saw last week, you start C.D. Lamb, you start Amari Cooper wherever you have them, and who cares if it's Rush or Dak? It's like you got a pretty good look at it. Dalton Schultz, oddly enough, I, he was a guy that I thought might still be okay, but he didn't yeah. really look his way. So there's some concern there. Obviously, you start Zeke. Uh, on the Cowboys side, I mean, I'm on board starting Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy where you have them. And again, I'll start Fant if he's playing. I'll start Albert O if I'm, I'm in a pinch. But I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't even move an Albert O with no Fant that far away from where I have Fant. Albert O is crazy athletic. When we talk about the fastest tight ends in the league, it's basically uh, Evan Engram and Kyle Pitts are just in the class of their own low 4440s. And then when you get to like the guys that are in the 4 5 range, it's Noah Fant, Albert O. And then after them, it's it's like Kittle and Mike Gusecki. But those, those two dudes are actually crazy athletic, the both of them. So I, I don't doubt Albert O for one second and Fant got four targets last week he got three so it's not like he wasn't involved like he's ready right. to go what did you say for judy snap count i just need to repeat that one the judy snap count yeah oh, so, yeah you you did ask me to say that and i actually didn't say it at all so judy snap count was uh, he played 38 snaps of 53 Cortland sutton played 46 and tim patrick actually played 50 so but judy did i looked at it before he did play some slot and he played some outside I think that, especially if fans out, they're just going to roll 11 personnel. They, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be concerned about any snap restrictions at this point on Judy. He said he, the next day he said he felt fine yeah. and no problem at all. Yeah, 72%, 72% of the offensive snaps there. So kind of love, absolutely love from Jerry Judy moving forward, especially just fresh off the ankle that we were a little bit worried about because they, they had rested him there the the Friday before some soreness. Uh, next matchup, we got the Las Vegas Raiders off their bye, dealing with everything. I mean, talk about a team that's got to deal with so much turmoil. John Gruden two weeks ago, right, I think it was, let go. Now this week they lose their top leading receiver and Henry Ruggs. They're going up against the Giants. They, they're they still dealing with a lot of injuries. Maybe Galladay will be back, maybe not. Shepard went down last week with another injury. You saw Tony get banged up but came back in. Darius Slayton had zero catches on, like, a couple targets. The running back situation, Booker looked okay. Ugly, ugly game here. Crazy. I don't I don't know what to do. I don't even know who from this game I want or who I'd want to play. Rugs obviously becomes appealing. Not rugs, uh Renfro rather becomes appealing and maybe Brian Edwards. Yeah, so I mean they have nowhere else to go besides Redfro and Brian Edwards. I think that Zay Jones is the guy that that's gonna come up next. Maybe I can brush off my Heard him Heard him Zay team name, but yeah. but yeah, I mean I wouldn't expect him to do much either. I think it's gonna be Waller and then Again, Edwards runs higher A dot routes, so he's probably the guy I'm more interested in. Renfro is just a he's he's like Jacoby Myers, really. He's not particularly fast. He doesn't get a lot of separation. He doesn't run high A dot routes. He's just a reliable guy. A so good guy. Many targets. <laughs> right. He's a good guy to have in real life, right? He's like your third down guy, but yeah. he's just not gonna bust off a big play. So he doesn't really have a ton of upside there. I mean, I'm definitely interested, as always in Evan Engram and he once again has a good matchup he to disappoint us with I mean he found the end zone though hey he you know, if, I, if I had a cheer sounder I'd play it you know right. dude and the crazy thing is he played 47 snaps last week it seemed like he was invisible but in fact he was out there most of the game and just didn't really do anything until the very Badger end shut him down maybe yeah, I don't know. So we'll see what happens there. But it's there's not really a lot of shutdown on the on the Raiders side. And then what's the word with Saqu- Saquon Barkley? It's like every I thought week- I saw that he went into COVID protocols today. Did I, let me check. Let me just check that real quickly. But I thought that I I saw that report. Yeah, Saquon Barkley being retested after initially testing positive for COVID. So they're they're running another test on him. And actually, as of 13 minutes ago, Giants placed Saquon Barkley on the COVID-19 list. So. He's not coming back unless he's vaccinated. I haven't seen any other reports on that, but Barkley unlikely to play, it seems like, in this matchup. So all systems go for Booker. Yeah, I'll start Booker again. Absolutely. Like, there's no reason not to start him. He's been performing. He's been getting all all the snaps. They have the volume. That's all I really care about in in the landscape we're in now. But I mean, like, if you own Saquon Barkley and you you smartly got Booker, you just start him. It's like, it's fine one way or another. And hopefully this gives Barkley a week to get fully healthy and right. come back and just take the full snap share. And then it's like, you don't miss a beat because yep. the worst thing is that transition in between where it's like Joe Mixon, right? Like 
half the snaps. Right they played AP Ryan was out there for half the game. That's the worst part. That's the yeah. worst part. So if you can get a clean transition, like you see sometimes with Dalvin Cook coming back or CMC does it too, where they just put him right in and say he's good. So hopefully you get a clean transition like that and it's all smiles. Yeah, I didn't even mention the news out of this next matchup. Atlanta, New Orleans. Calvin Ridley's walked away from the team dealing with some mental health issues. And then Jameis Winston tore his ACL. So we don't know if Taysom Hill is actually going to be available for this. He's, he's been working his way back from a concussion. Trevor Simeon was the backup quarterback for last week. He could very well be the starter for New Orleans. Michael Thomas today officially out for the season. For those who drafted him, I, and I did in some best balls because he just had fallen. Hope that he would be back by now and officially out for the season now after some troubles there with that ankle injury that he suffered. And like we mentioned already, Calvin Ridley out for Atlanta for some undetermined amount of time. How uh, crazy How crazy is that, John, that this this normal news wasn't even on our radar because of how crazy the other news everything, everything Everything's so crazy everything. that like news of like a guy just taking a mental health break or yeah. a guy, a wide receiver being out for the season. Like that's not even on our news radar right now because the, the news is like yeah out of control. It's wild. I don't know where to go. I mean, listen, we saw, we, we all thought Kyle Pitts. As soon as Calvin Ridley went out last week, we were like hammer Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts week after two weeks prior, one of the lowest scoring tight ends of the week last week against mm-hmm. Carolina. Uh, Cordero Patterson did find the end zone. Taji Sharp was the leading receiver. Russell Gage put up a zero for Atlanta. Uh, Mike Davis got back in the work world mix there. Uh, nine carries tied for the team lead there. But impossible to think anything positive there, I think, from this Atlanta office. Maybe you like the matchup for Pitts this week against New Orleans. But on the flip side, billions of questions there. The only thing consistent maybe that we like here continues to be Alvin Kamara. But even after Jameis Winston went out of the lineup, they never threw to him. So it's not like Simeon was checking down all day. So it, it's kind of interesting to see how this one plays out. I'm even surprised to see a six-point spread. Like, I don't know. New Orleans' defense is maybe the best thing in this matchup. Right, yeah. And that's that's the thing. is It's actually not a good matchup for Kyle Pitts. So I'd avoid him in DFS, but you start him where you have him in redraft leagues because, I mean, the rest right. of the tight end is such a mess too. But like guys like Demario Davis and Malcolm Jenkins are kind of a problem for the tight end. Demario Davis has just been so good, man. Like he kind of came out of nowhere to be a really good player. So I saw um, you tweeting some stats today about Adam Trotman. Anything worth mentioning there? Yeah. Oh yeah, there is. So Adam Trotman, at the beginning of the season, we kind of wrote him off because he didn't get that Jared Cook role. He's playing a ton of slot, but for the first, so for the first four weeks of the season, he was averaging seven and a half snaps at slot which is basically nothing for a tight end a lot of guys because you have those snaps where you line up just just off the tackle sure. and it's still kind of in that spot so it's like everyone does it even the worst tight ends like even mercedes lewis plays some slot but in the last three weeks he's played 17 19 and then 18 slaps at, snaps at slot which is certainly interesting and then now he gets six targets right so it's like you got this situation where michael thomas is gone Marcus Callaway is the only guy that's playing consistent snaps. Now there's kind of a void to that second target area. And now we get a new quarterback. It's kind of like with so many guys that are just in terrible situations as tight ends, blocking a ton. There's other wide receivers getting all the snaps. I'd almost rather in deep leagues go for the uncertainty here and just get a re-roll on a you know new quarterback, see what his preferences are, see what they're doing, and see if you know you catch lightning in a bottle. Versus some of these other situations that just have no upside. I mean, think about last year with Logan Thomas. He was tight end like 26, I believe, through five weeks. And then the quarterback changed. Dwayne Haskins got hurt. Alex Smith came in. Next thing, over the last chunk of the season, he's the tight end three. Finishes tight end four. So, I mean, you just, you got to try and give yourself a chance at upside. So, if, if they're changing the guy's role and they're changing the quarterback, I'm interested. I'm keeping an eye on it, at least. Uh, Winston, much more of a guy that just likes to look downfield and chuck it, and maybe not really conducive for someone like Trotman, but if you get maybe a more intermediate-type passer, and you mentioned the Thomas thing, Alex Smith to a T is check-off, you know, check-off captain there, so for sure there. Mark Ingram, any thoughts? Just quickly, you think 30% of the snaps, you know, anything there? I think he's going to be Latavius Murray, which is the the Latavius Murray of old, not the current one, but the Latavius Murray on the Saints, which basically Latavius Murray is what Mark Ingram used to be, which to me, that's the guy that he's not going to hamper Kamara to the point where you trade Kamara, you don't start him. But I mean, if the offense can figure it out, which I don't know if they can, they could roll for him. It's just when Latavius Murray was serviceable as kind of like a flex, deep flex fill-in, they had like the best line in right. football. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. now I'm not quite sure that's the case, but it's deep. Again, it's all about how deep your league is. In a normal right. league with your buddies, 10, 12 team league, you're probably not going to be starting Mark Ingram. Yep. 
Uh, a guy you may have to start this week, Carlos Hyde, James Robinson dealing with the heel. Jacksonville, though, is 14.5 point underdogs at home up against the Buffalo Bills. We talked about it last week. The one thing we love about Buffalo is where the points are coming from. It's all coming from Josh Allen. He had three total touchdowns, two passing, and a rushing in that game. Our guy, though, Emmanuel Sanders, man, goose-egged us. Cole yeah. Beasley, second straight week. Uh, Big-time performance out of Colby. This matchup in Jacksonville may actually be better for the running backs for Buffalo, figuring they go out to such a big lead here and they just run with them. But thoughts on this matchup here on the Buffalo side and then Jacksonville, Dan Arnold, Jamal Agnew, my two favorite players that I came through last week. Yeah, I'm 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 feeling Arnold. I just can't believe that. It's like, what year is it spending fab on Carlos Hyde and Adrian Peterson? <laughs> you know what I mean, like, yeah. holy time machine. But so for me, Emmanuel Sanders in the spots where I was starting him, like in the spots where I was relying on him, which I did have some, there were some where it was like, I have better options, right? But there were some spots where I was relying on him. I'm not going away from him. He had over 100. He was the only player this week that had over 100 unrealized air yards. That means passes thrown to him in the air. They count the distance that the, the ball travels before it reaches him. He he was the only player that had that many, and he also had a couple plays that were called back due to penalty. One penalty on the offense that he actually caught. One was a pass interference that he doesn't get fantasy points for that when the you know, pass interference on the defense. So I'm not really steering away from Emmanuel Sanders. I think his role is pretty set, and sometimes you just have a bad week. You know what I mean, last year, Calvin Ridley went out and had zero catches against the Packers and Jair Alexander, and then he came back, and he was awesome. So I, I'm not going to go away from him as long as the usage is there. Nothing's changed about that situation. He just didn't catch the ball. It's right. it's tough. But, yeah, so, I mean, I'm sticking with the Bills that I know. Zach Moss over Devin Singletary. That's the way it's been for a while. Yep. Uh, and then Jaguars, Dan Arnold played. Uh, set it was he played 74% of the snaps 78% of those snaps he played at wide receiver so he's getting that James O'Shaughnessy treatment that we expected him to get Urban Meyer wants to use it that way LaVisca Chenault's on the outside don't really love LaVisca Chenault so for me it's Marvin Jones it's Dan Arnold is a good start I mean just in general he will be he's gonna have a tough matchup with Matt Milano this week but I mean rest of the season I like him they've already had their bye week if you're hurting at, wide, at tight end, you got to get Arnold at least on the bench. So I'm interested there. And then Carlos Hyde, where you have to. 100% on that one. Next matchup, our New England Patriots going in to Carolina Panthers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey designated to return from IR for this matchup. So we'll see if, in fact, he is going to be active or not. Thoughts here? I mean, Damian Harris has, has really been the best Patriot over the last few weeks. Defensively, they've been okay. But it's kind of a game changer if CMC is active for Carolina. Yeah, it's just kind of odd to me that CFC, they say he might play, and now, but the lines are both moving the wrong way, right, John? I think we had kind of talked about that, but it's... It yeah, went... more people putting money in on uh, the Patriots and on the under, so... Yeah, that's interesting for CMC playing, and of course, it'd be our luck that that's, this is the game he comes back, but with the Panthers... If CMC's playing, you start him. If Chu, if he's not playing, you start Chuba. DJ Moore, with no t- Terrace Marshall, he's still struggling with a concussion. Hopefully, that's not too serious. But that leaves Robbie Anderson really as the only other guy. The tight ends aren't really doing anything. Robbie Anderson, do we trust him? You're muted, but I think you said no there. I was muted, but I did say no. <laughs> yeah. That's why we have the cameras on. So you can see <laughs> my reaction and see right. me saying no. no. Uh, so yes, no. Not, not no. going Robbie. I mean... Poor Robbie Anderson last week, right? He got thrown a hospital ball and got absolutely his inside scrambled there by, by Sammy D. But Darnold may not play, right? Isn't Walker starting? Or did we get an update on Darnold and the concussion that he suffered there? Yeah, so it's still up in the air. Okay. Um, so that know, could it's... be a reason for the line, too. Like, the, they're, you know, Darnold, though I don't I don't think Darnold being out is really a line mover, but right. uh, yeah. you know, something to at least pay attention to in that matchup. Minnesota-Baltimore. Baltimore off a bye here, home, six-point favorites. I think Baltimore is going to roll, truthfully. I think they're I think they're offense under Jackson with Bateman, Andrews, and, and Hollywood Brown is really something to pay attention to here. And, and I'm doing a little bit of recency bias because I just saw Cooper Rush throw all over them, but – I mean, I don't. There's not much in the Baltimore running game here. I think we're we're gonna see just Lamar chuck it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is gonna be a fun one. The like these teams have been interesting in that the offenses are working okay and the defenses are yeah meh. So it should be a 50, another 50 point over under type game with the Ravens. You start Mark Andrews. I don't know if I trust any of the running backs really. It's just no, kind of can. a it's kind of been a mess there. You can't really touch it. So you stay away from that. You start Mark Andrews. You start Hollywood Brown. Bateman's interesting. You start Lamar. And then the Vikings are a very favorite team, man. Like you have, for fantasy purposes, 
two wide receivers play every snap and the running back plays pretty much every snap. So Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin, you have to have some, some special players and a really good team to consider benching any of those guys. You know what I mean? So those yeah. guys are in there. Tyler Conklin's a guy that I really, he is just, he's the guy that I kind of alluded to earlier when I was like, these guys that are blocking a ton, they're stuck. The upside for Tyler Conklin, I, I understand that people see the targets and they get excited about it, but the upside it's just not great on the on the rest of the season and even week to week. Even in a matchup like this, this guy's blocking on 18.1% of his pass plays. No other tight end in the top 30 in fantasy is blocking on that many pass plays. I mean, that's like six, seven, eight plays a game. That train over the course of the season, that translates to 100 pass plays where you might as well be on the sideline. That was the issue with Chris Herndon last year. That was the issue with Tyler Higby last year. And Conklin, we are... People are going to feel the pain of some of these games where he's blocking when they're throwing and he's blocking when they're running right. and then he ends up catching two passes. So just be careful with Tyler Conklin. If you own Tyler Conklin, you're the exact kind of guy that should be using a bench spot. Even if you want to use Conklin this week against the Ravens, who are bad versus the tight end, use a bench spot on a Dan Arnold or an Adam Trotman or, or somebody with some sort of upside and just give yourself a chance at upside. Even if those guys don't pan out, you still can start boring old Conklin. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's my advice on that play. Yeah, I agree with you. Next matchup, Cleveland-Cincinnati here. Again, more things we didn't mention. Odell Beckham Jr. told to stay home after his dad, in quotations, sent out a video of all the times Baker Mayfield missed or didn't throw to an open Odell Beckham. I say quotations because somebody tweeted out, I think it was Bomami Jones, tweeted out, it's hilarious that everybody thinks a 50-plus-year-old man from Texas sat there and sliced up uh, all of 22 videos of his son not being thrown at. This is clearly Odell and his team putting this together and tweeting it from his dad's account, much like Cam Newton used to do with his dad's account, using the dad as the burner. Tom Brady. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they use their dads. This is an OBJ production, basically saying Baker Mayfield sucks. Something I've been saying for like five years that Baker Mayfield is absolute trash, much to the uh, disagreement of Coop and some of our other friends at home. So this matchup against Cincinnati, though, does have me a little bit wary because Cleveland's defense is actually pretty. Cincinnati is very bad against the run. Nick Chubb last week didn't get the volume I had hoped for, but this would be a great matchup for Nick Chubb to get that volume. And we have to see if Burrow can throw against a tough defense. Now, Chase and Boyd and Higgins probably form maybe one of the best or underrated, undervalued trio receivers in football. But I got to see Burrow do it. I got to see him continue to play this well. Yeah, I mean, if you like Nick Chubb, before, then you should continue to like Nick Chubb now because Dernis Johnson basically played that Kareem Hunt role. He only got four carries, but he played some pass snaps and that's what Kareem Hunt was. So if you liked him before, then you like him now. It shouldn't change. So Nick Chubb is a guy you start. Dernis Johnson is a guy that it's got to be pretty dire to start him considering that he only played, uh, I think it was 18 snaps. It's yeah, it's okay. But 18 out of, you know, 60, 65, that's not that great. So no, not easy to trust there. If Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't play, I do like Jarvis Landry. I mean, I, I in general, Jarvis Landry is a fine start, but I, I would never trust any of those other wide receivers. And I wouldn't trust any of the other tight ends because the tight ends don't run enough routes either. This team is just such a boring run the ball into the ground, Kevin Stefanski style offense anyway. So uh, not excited there. And then on the Bengals side, easy, right? It's like you start. You start Joe Mixon, you start Higgins, you start Jamar Chase, you start Joe Burrow, and Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd actually had, a, had the best game of all of them last week, which is other than Mixon, of course, which is kind of frustrating. I was in a league where I actually had sat Boyd in that match against the Jets because I figured, oh, they're going to be up big. They'll probably run or it'll be Chase and Higgins. Boyd comes out with the biggest day. So you, I think you have to keep playing Boyd and just hope he gets the targets. But Yeah, it's just such a Boyd day, too, though. It's like five. If he just had five for 69, then it would be your quintessential who cares Boyd day, right. but but he scored the down there, yeah. He scored the touchdown, so that, that, that's the difference maker. I mean, but the, what's the difference between that and the other games where you went four for thirty six and four for twenty four and four for thirty nine and whatever the hell it was? Like that's the, that's what you get for Boyd. You you know you get low volume, a short a dot. You probably probably not going to crack a hundred, but if he scores or doesn't, so just. Yep. Know your format. Next matchup, Houston-Miami. Uh, great spot for Miami here. Two going up against Houston. Devontae Parker. I was trying to tell everybody. Devontae Parker, when he was in the lineup, was their top target guy. It's like 7-9, seven, 7-9, nine, seven, nine, I think, were like the four games he played target share. Comes right back. It's, I think it was 11 targets last week. I know Waddle had one more target than he did. But Parker was clearly the number one receiver in that offense. You saw Gesicki take a little bit of a hit, but... 
as you've talked about on this podcast numerous times, Houston is really the worst team against tight ends. Right. Even if maybe the numbers sort of lean Baltimore, given the matchups Baltimore's had, but it's Houston. So I'm expecting maybe a bounce back here from Gesicki into the running back front with Malcolm Brown on IR. Gaskins is becoming more of the lead back here. I think somebody that we can actually maybe slowly begin to actually trust now in Miami after that not being the case for the last, you know, six weeks. Right. Yeah. It's like that slow, that slow trust before they just come and switch it up on you and crush you. But we'll see. So with Mike Kosicki, I do have some data on him because I do the tight end stuff, the deep dive stuff. And I will say that this week, actually, so a lot of people were like, oh my God, like these other guys got 11 and 12 targets. He only got four. How do you feel about it? Well, when I looked at it and dug underneath, I actually found one thing that's at least promising, which is that they actually had Gusecki play 14 snaps in line, which he hadn't been doing. So he played a ton of snaps in the slot, and then he moved in line for some three wide receiver sets. He didn't come off the field at all, which the big concern was that when they have the wide receivers back, he's just got to come out of the game. Now, his targets could be hurt a little bit, but this week versus the Texans is a slam spot. They are, in my opinion, the worst team versus tight end. So it's definite slam. And we... We should we should go back and maybe clip some of that Devontae Parker stuff because we were talking him up, man, and he once again looked good. Not just the stats, but he's a he looks good out there. He looks athletic. So Parker's a guy you can go for. On the Texans, how ridiculous, man. It's like they trade Mark Ingram and we're like trying everyone's trying to guess David Johnson get the full role. Does Philip Lindsay get the running down work and then David Johnson gets the pass down work? And what do they do? They just use Rex Rex Burkhead the whole game. I mean, I'm wondering if maybe this is maybe a little tinfoil hat. Burkhead, man. It's theory. true. It's true. Yeah, but I'm, I might be taking this to the tinfoil hat land, but I'm wondering if maybe the Texans were trying to showcase Rex Burkhead. We saw the Patriots do it with Sony Michelle when they were in the preseason game. They actually threw him the ball a bunch. They gave him like a ton of snaps and they traded him. I was wondering if the Texans maybe were trying to showcase Rex Burkhead this weekend and say, hey, this is what this guy looks like. He's available for trade. Nobody bid on it, but do they just say, is Burkhead the guy now? Or maybe were they just trying to say, okay, do you want some of these assets? You've seen these guys. Why don't you see what he looks like? Right. So, so could you think be, maybe they go back to somebody this week? I think maybe it could go back to David Johnson. I mean, it's it's hard to say, and I would never just bank on it, but I also wouldn't put Rex Burkhead in the lineup either. I want to see what it looks like next week now that the camp, now that the trade showcase cameras are off. But I mean, like I want to see what this team is doing when they're actually trying to win or they probably should be trying to lose at this point but uh, i just want to see another game but if it's rex burkhead again then you go out and add rex burkhead because running backs are hard to come by but yep. david johnson i wouldn't drop him either in the deep leagues where you were considering david johnson anyway yeah for sure next matchup here chargers philadelphia chargers have like one of the worst schedule makers i think in football now i know we just talked about the Bengals being on the road for three games but the chargers are a team that continually are going like East Coast, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast. They lost. They got blown out in Baltimore. They go home, back to West Coast, lose to the Patriots, and now they're going all the way back east to play Philadelphia. And Philadelphia actually has a pretty uh, decent secondary as well, so you, you got to wonder how this is going to play out. Herbert struggled for two straight games. Mike Williams doesn't look right ever since that injury that he dealt with a few weeks back. His performances have really suffered. Keenan Allen showed up well. And so did Austin Eckler. But this matchup, I think I'm a little bit worried here for the Chargers. On the flip side, I don't think we learned anything last week from the Eagles because the Lions are so bad. Uh, they handed the ball off like 36 mm. times or what it was, and they split yeah. it evenly between <laughs> Scott, Howard, and Gainwell. And I know Gainwell got a lot of the blowout run. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, two rushing touchdowns each, uh, and they only attempted like 15 passes. So. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, the Chargers' schedule wouldn't be that – their their flight, their flight schedule and stuff wouldn't be that bad if they were still in uh, – in, uh, Oh, actually, I was thinking Rams. Sorry there. Chargers were always in California. Though. I was going to say, put them in St. Louis, it wouldn't be bad. But that's a different team. But anyway, if you look at the, if you look at the, that running back situation, get Jordan Howard out of here. Could you please? Like, I'm just so tired of him coming in and doing what he does. Because the thing with Jordan Howard is he has never been able to catch the ball. In fact, there are quotes from him personally saying he hasn't been able to catch the ball since high school. You can Google Jordan Howard catching issues and their quotes saying that he's, he hasn't been able to do it. So the upside is never there when he's in the equation. He only kind of takes away from it. If it was just Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, I'd feel a lot better about it. This whole Jordan Howard thing. It just bothers me. So mix that in with the fact that quarterbacks don't throw the ball to mobile quarterbacks, don't throw the ball heavily to running backs. 
it's just not a situation that I'm super interested in. With the with the Chargers, I mean, Keenan Allen, I told everybody last week, that was the time to buy low. Buy when the low window might be closed now. He came out, had a ton of targets. He scored. He played 98% of the snaps. Like, he's a guy that you can always count on. If 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 the buy low window is still open, then go and grab him. But could be closed at this point just based on the targets he got last week. But, I mean, I'm starting Mike Williams. I'm starting Keenan Allen. I'm starting Austin Eckler. I'm starting Justin Herbert. Jared Cook is in, this is a kind of a decent matchup for him, but he's just so touchdown dependent that I'm yeah. not interested. Uh, this is actually a slam spot for Dallas Goddard, by the way. I have him as my tight end three this week, ahead of guys like Hawkinson and Mark Andrews. Yeah. He's a guy He's a guy that I'm interested in, in this matchup where, again, it's the, the spread is only like a point or two, 50 yeah. point over under. This should be a good game. This should be a fun game. I, I, I feel like that should, that, that should be pretty telling here, that a three and five home team is only getting a point versus a team that people are pretty high on in the Chargers. I think this could be another upset. Potentially in the making there. Next matchup got wildly interesting today. Uh, Green Bay versus Kansas City. Uh, Chiefs, this in line opened at two and a half. It's up to seven. Jordan Love going to make his debut. We still don't have word on Devontae Adams. Though I saw he was expected to practice this week. They did activate Alan Lazard to Green Bay. So, you know, they're likely going to have their entire offense available for them in this matchup here against Kansas City. But, you know, how, how what does Jordan Love even look like, right? Like, can we trust the production out of him? 48 game total. This is going to be the marquee matchup of the afternoon slate and on the flip side kansas city has looked very bad they barely beat the giants last week more interceptions for mahomes kelsey looked terrible and fumbled you know the cheetah was good tyree kill was able to perform but Derek gore ran for a touchdown i mean <laughs> you know what are what are we doing here Coop? patrick mahomes looks like the monsters like stole his power or something man he looks like charles barkley trying to play that pickup game where he gets stuffed by the girl it's like he just he looks lost out there and he's he's holding on the ball too long guys the rest of the team looks fine it's just very strange and uh, and Pemba, you might want a victory lap this one that or i'll tweet it out but think about this situation you as a guy that doesn't like baker mayfield when baker mayfield was out that line moved what one point maybe half a point (laughs) with aaron Rodgers out this line went from minus two and a half to minus seven and a half so Mm -hmm. we're talking about even the dak prescott news moved it four it went you know flipped it from minus one to minus four and a half that's why i was saying it's like baker should have been at home pounding the table being like that line should be nobody cares about me (laughs) nobody cares yeah so i think you you have to start Devontae adams you start aaron jones but beyond that I wasn't really starting anybody anyway. Dylan actually looked decent, but I don't know if that was a product of Green Bay not having anybody else to throw the football to. So like they had Aaron Jones out there so much. Dylan was just getting the carry volume. And and I said on this podcast, I expected Alvin uh, Jones rather to be used like Alvin Kamara in this game. And that's what he was. He had like 10 targets. It, It was that role for him. But Dylan had what, 15 carries, I think, in that game. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, now the the one interesting thing I wanted to note from Kansas City, I mean, we kind of know what we're dealing with. It's Mahomes, it's Kelsey, it's Terry Kill, and then Darrell Williams, who you start. But I will note, Josh Gordon played the most snaps he's played all year. He played 32, which is right next to guys like Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, and Michael Hardman. And Andy Reid had a lot of great things to say. He said that he's like, he's basically like he's so close to being where we want to get him to, to being where we can unleash him. And I think that that's kind of telling. They're interested there. Very deep leagues. I mean, you got to have the bench space for him because you can't start him this week. You can't, you might not, even if he goes off this week, it's hard to start next week. But I mean, you never know. We've seen guys struggle with substance abuse in the past. We've seen Darren Waller. We've seen Chris Carter. These guys who didn't do anything until they were 28, 29, 30 years old. So, I mean, I, in this particular offense, I'll be willing to give him a chance. If it was another team, then that's different. But if he can get up to, if at any point he's playing 70% of the snaps, now I'm interested, you know? Right. Next matchup, Arizona-San Francisco. We saw this one a few weeks ago. Arizona was able to pull it out at home. Uh, but now Kyler Murray banged up. I've even seen reports that he could potentially miss time with this ankle injury. I haven't seen an official, obviously, status update on him, but with something to monitor. Hopkins had a leave last game there with the hamstring. I did find it funny. Apparently, they took him out, and he was, like, sneaking his way on the field. So I don't know what that says about the Shan, the, the Kingsbury <laughs> operation there, rather, that all, they're like, hey, our injured receivers out there running routes, probably right. not a good idea. Yeah. Connor scored again. Edmonds finally got his first rushing touchdown last week. But obviously a lot of questions if Kyler's not there. And the flip side, we said it last week again, right? Like, there's so many clips we could cut. Not that we're trying to keep on uh, victory lapping ourselves here, but what did we say? San Francisco does two things. They throw the ball to Debo Samuel. They run the ball with Elijah Mitchell. It's pretty much what we got last week. Brandon and I did actually play 
uh, a large amount of snaps inside his highest target share uh, of the season. This week, George Kittle potentially could be back, so that could throw a little wrench into things. But, you know, full systems go here on Mitchell and Debo for San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, like, we could cut a bunch of stuff. I think I actually did clip your uh, a different video of yours where you talked about Debo. So you already got a Debo clip. Oh, yeah, contrarian corner all yeah. over it. Yeah. All I think that's I'm going to post that tomorrow. So five straight weeks, by the way, the cover of the contrarian corner has scored a touchdown. Yeah, there you go. That's why you got to be subscribed. Fancy alarm. Get in. Let's it's go. actually a free video. Even better. Yeah. Yeah, free. Come on. Yeah. So, I mean, like when we talked about Elijah Mitchell, Trent Williams last year, the number three graded run blocking tackle. Mike McGlinchey last year, the number four graded run blocking tackle. This year, Trent Williams is the number one graded run blocking tackle. So whoever the running back is, if they can earn that role, Elijah Mitchell is at this point, he's got to be essentially RB one territory. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't think Jeff Williams going to Jeff, Jeff Wilson's going to take that away. Wow. You know what I mean, so super inter- interested there. Uh, he, and Brandon Ayuk, he's at least getting the snap. So I don't trust him to start, but uh, I keep him hanging around. George Kittle. Do we know if he's going to go or not? I know he was activated, but I don't, I, I, yeah, I haven't. Uh, no sign of Kyler. Kittle did in, ter- in fact return to practice today. Again, recording here on Wednesday. So if he lies more practices Thursday, Friday, like he's going to go. He's gone, um, and he, he obviously comes back. Against the worst matchup he could have. The worst so. matchup he could have. Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons has been a real hassle. He's going to give Kittle a hard time. If you have someone that you're comfortable with that you've been rolling with, say you added Gusecki and you've been using him and you have Kittle on IR, I would just use Gusecki this week, even if Kittle's back. It's just a bad matchup. Gusecki is a great matchup. And then the beautiful thing for you in this situation is that Will Fuller is coming back, so you're kind of – did things right. You got a guy in, in Gusecki, who he could have struggled down the road. He has his bye week 14. And then you have Kittle come back. You just transition back in. So for this week, you can justify using the other guy you have. It's just, a, it's not a good matchup. He's kind of, he's, he's coming off injury. I would steer away from that. With Cardinals wide receivers, if DeAndre Hopkins is out, I mean, I know he doesn't miss games, but if he were somehow, John, is there anybody that you would consider to be like a must chalk? Uh, DFS play or a guy that well, you're AJ Green with. actually also landed on the COVID list today. So they're out Green and Hopkins this week. Don't you fire up Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk? Well, the scary thing about that situation is that there was actually, they didn't move those guys from the slot. I went and checked on that because I was like, oh, nice. Let's see who moved from the slot over to Flanker. And I looked at Christian Kirk and I was like, hmm, he didn't really play any more flanker snaps. He only played eight. He played almost all the snaps in the slot. So I was like, oh, wow, it was Rondell Moore. I clicked on Rondell Moore. He only played eight flanker snaps. It wasn't him. So what happened? It was actually, who was it? it they brought in Antoine Wesley Oops. to play third. <laughs> yeah, for real. I, that's why I had to think about the name again. Antoine Wesley came in, played 31 snaps in the game. He played 25 out wide. So Christian Kirk and Ronda Moore combined for only 16 snaps split out wide. He played 25 himself. So he's actually the direct backup for DeAndre Hopkins, as it seems. So maybe a super ridiculous, sneaky, and probably going to fail DFS play, Antoine Wesley. But it doesn't look like they want to use the other guys outside. Christian Kirk and Ronda Moore are slot guys. That's how they're going to be used. So what you'll probably see is you know, three wide receiver sets with the two tethered people being, well, A.J. Green, if he's if he's out. I mean, if A.J. Green's out, Antoine Wesley's probably going to play a huge snap share. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of written in the cards. So, but, yeah, I, I definitely like Zach Ertz if those guys are out. And then Christian Kirk is going to play a ton of snaps, so him as well. Yeah, Ertz is probably, you know, I, I had actually even for, briefly forgotten he was there. Maybe Ertz would be your guy, but we also have to know who the quarterback's going to be. Who is the backup quarterback to Kyler Murray? Do you, off the top of your head? Probably not. I don't. Oh, I actually don't even know either. Let me uh, check that real quick. Depth chart Cardinals here. Let's see. Arizona, the backup quarterback is still don't know. I like to think that uh, Colt, I know everything. Colt McCoy is this oh, correct? Oh, so I heard that, dude. I heard correct? that this week. I should have known that. Yes, that is right. Yeah. Colt McCoy is 35 years old. He's hanging around the NFL. Good for him. Good mm-hmm. for Colt McCoy. All-time Cleveland Browns, great there. 2010, he was drafted. So you have a Colt McCoy-led. <laughs> Arizona Cardinals, maybe. Pay attention to it, folks. Uh, yeah. Next matchup, Tennessee versus the Rams. Rams are – I, I want to bet the hell out of this line. The Rams are home, giving seven and a half against a non-Derrick Henry, non-Julio Jones Titans team. 
Yeah. Where where, where is Tennessee scoring points against? I knew you were going to say When I saw this line, I knew exactly. I knew you were going to say that, man. And I just, it really, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not Adrian Peterson. The line, it's it's baffling. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're Brian Tannehill slam spot. Julio Jones is banged up. AJ Brown's finally playing a full snap share, but it's like, I don't know. You're right. I don't know where the points are going to come from, what they're expecting. Vegas is usually pretty good, but in this case... I mean, we have to co-sign the, the slamming of the Rams and possibly the under. Like, I know Ramsey's been playing the slot, but aren't you just looking at the t- Tennessee? You're like, is he going to be on Josh Reynolds or is he going to be on A.J. Brown? Is- no, they, they've been doing that. They've been so like versus the he's been playing slot a ton if a team has a viable slot guy. But against the Seahawks, for instance, they just put him on DK. Like they, they're willing to do that. I think they just like the way he handles the slot. But if they, they're they not going to just put him on. No, no. So that's what I'm saying. So like Tennessee is going to have Jalen Ramsey on A.J. Brown and then Kine, Walker Kine, or whatever his name West, is, and Reynolds. Westbrook, and yeah. like, I don't, I don't see where this is coming. So Tennessee, it's a full fade. I don't even want to play any of the running backs. Maybe McNichols for pass catching purposes. In a PPR league, the Rams, we talked about it again last week. Van Jefferson, right? There, mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson wasn't there. He goes out. He plays 86% of the snaps or something like that. Two, uh, out for the season as well. Yeah, two twos out for the season. Van Jefferson, so three for 88, I think he had. So it wasn't like a crazy volume, but the yards have been there. The, the snap share has been there. So that's what I'm looking for there. Henderson had a big game, both receiving a touchdown and a running. So where the ball is largely going in this matchup, the, the, you can just play the, the core four, basically, for the Rams. Yep, absolutely. And finish it off here with uh, what is likely going to be an unexciting Monday night. We have the Chicago Bears going into Pittsburgh to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers giving six and a half points here. Everybody's enamored with Justin Fields last week because he had 100 yards rushing and he had that 22-yard touchdown run, which was a broken play because the Bears line just let the entire you know, 49ers defense get through them. And then you saw the athleticism there for Fields to score, but he didn't show me anything that made me excited. About him still, throwing the football. Allen Robinson was still a non-factor. Herbert got shut down a little bit in that game as well. They're going into Pittsburgh. I think this is a big Pittsburgh win here. Uh, flip side, Najee Harris, who was the cover of that contrarian corner. He smashed. And then our boy Pat came through with a score. We got to see if Ebron will be out again this week. Yeah, I mean, so with the – I mean, like the, the whole Bears thing, like I know, yeah, he ran a little bit better, but he had the same stat line he's had all year, 175 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Like that's pretty much what he's been doing. So not super in love with that. And then with with the Bears, you start you start Khalil Herbert, right? Tough to start any of the wide receivers. And also this is a bad matchup for Cole Komet. I know I like his usage, but I mean, like look at that over under 40 points. This is just going to be a grisly – Classic Chicago-Pittsburgh lie-down game, I feel like. Uh, Friar Muth is interesting the, when the Bears – the Bears are not a good matchup for the tight end, but, I mean, he is at least playing his own snaps, getting some of those targets that Juju let up. Najee Harris, he start everywhere, right? Like, I mean, he's playing every snap, right? No, like, he's got to be a guy yeah. you start. No, yeah. no, no. He, he's – and there's another offense that we love. It is right. Najee Harris gets the ball 30 times, whether it's receiving or carrying the football. Deontay Johnson gets 10 plus targets and with Juju out and everybody, it looks like Friar Muth is like the, the number two. I know Chase Claypool is there too, but very inconsistent production. And, and Ben, I think at this point should be looking to lean on the tight end and Friar Muth look good. It's all about the Ebron. I don't know if you have any updates on Eric Ebron after last week, but if I'm the Steelers, do I even really want Ebron out there? Like look, you drafted this kid. He's looked good. Wouldn't you just want to continue to play him? Yeah, in look so in looking for an update, I found an interesting article that just talked about how they love Ebron, like the team loves him. Um, and he actually traveled with the team even though he was hurt. And you guys don't always do that. And Zach Gentry was talking about how much it meant to the tight end group and how much they love the guy and how Ebron was going crazy as they were scoring. So anytime I hear stuff like that, like I don't think they're gonna just fade Ebron to the side. I think that they you they know, can't they like, just they can't. I don't think they're gonna do it for us. Yeah, I mean I, I added Frymuth in a couple of places, Scott Fishbowl, but just this particular matchup with the low over under all that. It's like we can't get. We really can't are having a hard time getting good primetime games. You know what I mean? Like, it's a 40-point one here. The Thursday uh, night football game is Jets-Colts. Jets-Colts. Uh, we had some good 4 o'clock games, but now you got one game with Aaron Rodgers out, another game where Kyler Murray's probably going to be out, and then yeah. the night game with no Derrick Henry. No Derrick like Henry, right. All the It's like we had a good slate, right? We I mean, had to watch a slaughter of the Titans on Sunday night. That's what right. we did. Yeah. It's like we had – they, they lined this week up perfectly, and then it just got messed up. That's why – 
flex scheduling needs to be a permanent thing all season. Like, just make it happen. You know what I mean, yeah, they can't do it with the prime times, unfortunately, which is like uh, the worst part of it all. They can yeah. only flex like the 4 p.m. games. Coop, do you have this week anything prepared for the lifestyle tip of the week? Yeah, so I do have one, and I think that this is this is one of the things that they should just you should be given this when you are an adult, when you get your first apartment, like, and if you think of anybody out there, if you have one and you love yours, get a, get a cast iron skillet and get one. It's a perfect thing to give somebody who's starting their own place, because I think people don't realize the versatility of this. They think it's like something your grandma uses to cook or whatever, man, cook a steak on a cast iron skillet. And you won't even think about the grill anymore. Like people think cooking a steak is this daunting thing. You fire up the cast iron. It's like one minute, each side back and forth with some butter done deal what i mean some olive oil so get yourself a cast iron and just look up how to take care of it and then look up a handful of things you can do with it and you can it's all you need i mean like i have i have one as well and uh, you can go and actually your local grocery store uh they sell like knobs of garlic butter i have that in my fridge just for cooking purposes it's exactly what you think it is you can also make your own butter something i've also done and when i say make your own butter i don't mean churn the butter Get a stick of unsalted butter, melt it down, add in the herbs, add in your garlic, add in whatever you mm-hmm. want, put it back in the fridge. It's going to solidify with everything that you just have that you put together. I do that all of the time when I want to go ahead and sort of like make my own butter concoctions. Uh, you can add red pepper flakes to things, like whatever you want. Check it out. There's tons of YouTube videos. That's how I really learned about it as well. When I just couldn't find garlic butter at a store one day, I was able to just create my own. Uh, you can get parchment paper. You can do the whole thing, kind of then mold it up yourself again if you want, but it's certainly doable. So uh, a good one-two combination there is uh, make your oh. own butters, get yourself a cast iron pan, enjoy life. Yeah. Just make sure with the cast iron, look up how to take care of it. You basically, when you start don't it, put you, it in the dishwasher, don't put it in the dishwasher <laughs> ever. And you gotta, you gotta clean it just with like a little bit of, if anything, don't use soap on it because what happens is you're supposed to use the oil on it and then you clean whatever's on there and then you oil it up and then it keeps, it keeps a nice surface and it's nonstick and it's kind of permanent like that. And it's super easy to use once you do that, but make sure you're doing it right. And I'm telling you, you're going to love this thing. It's going to change everything because for me i used to like going out and getting a steak now i'd rather cook it myself and the yep. cast iron's a big part of that but if you got this garlic butter concoction forget about it dude yeah, it's so, also totally cheaper to make your own steak than insanely dude yeah you go and buy a whole you can buy a buy a big pack of steaks and even freeze a couple and have steaks all week and it's cheaper than going out and getting one steak so yep, yeah that's is. the tip cast love iron it. skillet will change your life Love it, love it. So that wraps up this week nine a preview here. Where to get Coop and I on Twitter, where to get us on Fantasy Line website, you know where to get us on the Discord. You can also get Coop and I Sundays, 11 to 12, answering your Stark Sick questions there, going in to line up lock, have all the breaking news that you guys need. For now, though, we will catch you guys later.